I know one of your Christmas wishes. I know it because I have wished for the same thing. I think probably every Christian who's lived since the first century AD has wished for this. We all wish we could go back in time and witness some of the greatest events in the Bible, right? We want to watch those things happen. I mean, who wouldn't want to be there in the Garden of Eden before the fall when creation and all uh, that God spoke into existence is perfect? I, I want to see that. And one day we will, for those who are in Christ. Who wouldn't want to see Noah's Ark, you know, packed to the rafters with animals? Who wouldn't want to see God part the Red Sea for Moses? I'm pretty sure Charlton Heston is fine, but it doesn't compare to the real thing. Who wouldn't want to see David fight Goliath? You might not pick that one. It was over pretty quick. Who wouldn't want to see Elijah call down fire from heaven? I mean, we'd, we want to see that stuff. That would be cool. But I think if you could pick only one, a lot of us would pick the same one. We would want to be a fly on the wall or sheep in the stall, as it were, on the night that Jesus was born. Can you imagine what it would be like to, to, to be there, to witness it when eternity stepped into time and space? When the omnipotent one laid all his power aside and took on flesh as a human baby. I mean, if you were there that night, what do you think you would see? Well, there'd be a lot to look at. Certainly you would be able to see Joseph. You would, you would definitely see Joseph. Good Jewish man. Bible says he's a righteous man. Overjoyed. That his firstborn is a son. Desperately trying to wrap his head around how all this happened. You'd see Mary. Right? I don't know if you've ever been in the delivery room when a mother gives birth. Done it a few times. No matter how difficult the labor, in that moment when the doctor, or in this case her husband, hands her the baby to hold for the first time, when a mother holds her firstborn the first time, there is just a joy and a peace that just explodes out of her. You'd probably see that. And maybe you'd want to give Joseph and Mary a little space. So you'd step outside and you'd look up and you'd see the sky just awash with stars. And one of them in particular seeming to spotlight the place where you're standing. I think most of us had we known what was happening in that moment, though, would have our eyes transfixed on the baby Jesus. We would want to burn that image into our retinas. <laughs> that he who died on the cross in our place for our sins was there in his infancy. And here's the great irony of Christmas. The most significant aspect of that went completely unseen by any human eye. No human eye saw what was really happening on that first Christmas night. 
The most significant aspect of it was God himself. The second person of the triune Godhead, God the Son, emptying himself of all his divine prerogatives and privileges and becoming one of us. That he descended from on high to earth to live as one of us. There was no human being, no human eye saw that happen. But, but, there were some beings who might, and I emphasize might, have had a front row seat. The angels. They would have had a front row seat to watch that incredible thing happen. What if, what if we just used our sanctified imaginations together tonight? What if we imagined what that might be like? If two angels had a conversation about what was happening that evening. Now we don't, you know, we'd have to make up names for them. There are only two angels in the whole Bible that are given names. You've got Gabriel, the messenger angel, right? That's who God sends to Mary to tell her that the Holy Spirit will overshadow her and she will be with child and she will give birth to a son. You're to give him the name Jesus, right? And then when the shepherds heard the angelic message when they're out in the fields that great Christmas night, it says that a great, Luke tells us that a great company of the heavenly host appeared. Now, when you see that word host, you better understand that's Michael and his crew, the archangel Michael, so you got Gabriel, you got Michael, that's it. We don't have names for anybody at all. However many angels there are, <laughs> we don't know their names. We know those two. So we'd have to give these two names. So we'll just make up a couple, all right? So if we took like the Hebrew word for messenger, because that's what angels are, and maybe the Hebrew word for shining, because that's kind of what they seem to do. So we'll call them Malachiel and Devariel. Don't look in your Bible for those names. They're not there. I just made that up. Okay, don't, don't put a lot of, too much thought into this, all right? So let's, let's imagine what it might have been like for, for those two angels, Malachiel and Avariel, to have a conversation. I'm gonna need a little help. Jason, can you help me? This is Jason Scott, our discipleship pastor. I'm gonna give you some lines, brother, to read, and, uh, and you can do that. I don't have a halo for you, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, you know, too busy wrapping other stuff. Anyway. Okay. So uh, I'll be I'll be um, Malachiel and you be Avariel. Okay. Got it. Got All it. All right. Okay. Hey, Avariel, uh, come here. Malachiel, good to see you. What's up? Have you heard the news? No. I've been on the other side of the Milky Way with the stars over there. Line up a praise night. Oh. Okay. Avariel, you better sit down. Malachiel, we're angels. We don't get tired like humans. I'm just fine. Brother, this is big. Whoa, why the serious face? What's happening? Avariel, the sun is going to earth. Mm, Malachiel, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a big deal. But, you know, he, he's done it before. Not very often, but he's done it. He appears to the humans like one of us and he tells them what the father wants. No, brother, the son is going to become a human. He's going to be born as a baby to a young virgin named Mary in Bethlehem. Wow. Malachial. Uh, 
I gotta sit down. I'm gonna say I told you so, but this is big, right? Uh, yeah, I'm having a hard time just wrapping my brain around it. You know when this is happening? I'm not totally sure, but I overheard a conversation between Gabriel and Michael, and I think it's tonight. I, they, they were talking about putting the throne room choir and the heavenly host together for an event. <sighs> Malachial, that's definitely a big deal. Hey, do you think that's why the Father asked me to get all the stars ready for night of worship tonight? Avariel, if there was ever a night worthy of that, it would have to be this one. I mean, I don't, you know, we don't perceive time like the humans do, but uh, this is definitely a once and forever kind of thing. Brother, what do you think it's going to be like, you know, without the sun here? I don't know, Malachiel, but I'm not worried. You know, if it's the Father's plan, then the Son and the Spirit, they're 100% behind it. It has to be right. But the humans, they don't know anything. Those humans have any clue who he is. When he grows up, will they have any idea to whom they're speaking? Probably not, Avorio. They are kind of dumb. Well, that's not really the problem. The problem is they're broken by sin. Yeah, Lockheel, I hurt for them. Hey, do you think this has something to do with the Father's plan to fix, you know, that? Ariel, I won't pretend to know the mind of the Father. But if there's any hope for the humans, the Son will do everything in his power to help them. He loves them so much. He must if he's going to go through all this. He does. Hey, 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 everybody's lining up. I think it's time. Wait, 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 wait. I'm getting a message. Yeah? Oh, wow. What? Malachial. It was the father. He told me to shine as bright as I possibly could right on that little house right there in Bethlehem. I got to go. Okay, Vario, shine bright. I will. Hey, he's worthy. Sing loud. I will. You think these humans are ready? Mm, not a chance. But let's go knock their socks, sandals All off. Right. <laughs> sandals. All right. <laughs> now, I don't know if anything at all like that happened that first Christmas night. But you can't prove it didn't, so we'll just go with it. Can you imagine what it would have been like as the angels tried to wrap their heads around God's plan to redeem us? The book of Hebrews and the book of 1 Peter tell us that angels are not aware of every part of God's plan for redemption, that they long to look into these things. So maybe that's why on that first Christmas night that the stars shone a little brighter and the angels sang a little louder because they were hearing this good news of great joy which will be for all the people for the first time. And like us, they were just overcome with the goodness and mercy of God and it just exploded out of them. What if, 
It just exploded out of you this Christmas. What if the idea that God himself would lay aside the insignia of divine majesty and take on our frailty so that he could redeem us and set us free from the dominion of sin and death when he died on the cross in your place for your sin and rose again on the third day? What if that idea just exploded out of you this Christmas? What if you shared that good news of great joy with everybody you talked with for the next couple weeks? What do you think God could do with that? What if you were like the angels and used both the power of your voice and the shining example of your life to point people to Jesus? Well, that, that church would be a Christmas wish come true. Merry Christmas.